How do you find your service that counts on today's Fednababble? This is Fednababble, where Kevin and Cassie make federal retirement benefits understandable for humans like you. These two don't hold back as they answer questions from the FedPilot workshops and webinars or from questions submitted by you at fednababble.com. Cassie. Kevin, how's it going? Good, good, good. Hey, so um, in the workshops that I do, I get a lot of questions mm-hmm. about how to find your service that counts because people are getting confused about that. And yeah, it's, it, it's a big issue. It really is a big issue because if you don't know where to find what service that counts, how do you know when to retire? It would kind of be nice to know that. Yeah, well, I mean, this is an issue not only for employees, but financial professionals and insurance representatives. I mean, if they're not asking the right questions either, then they're not able to get the information for us to determine what may or may not be creditable. And let's just define what creditable means, right? Okay. Um, Credible service is service that is creditable towards something, right? And for many employees, they have more than one service computation date or SCD, as we like to call it. Um, There's a leave SCD, there's a retirement SCD, there's a few other SCDs, but those are the main two that really um, employees need to be taking a look at. And your creditable service or an employee's creditable service uh can be very different for those two types of service computation dates uh, for the leave and retirement and i mean i hope that's obvious to everybody your leave service computation date is the time and credible service that counts for leave purposes it helps you to or it helps opm and hr to um gauge how much annual leave you should be accruing in a pay period whether that's, you know, if you're under 10 years of service, then you pretty much get four hours unless you're part time, then obviously it's different. Um, and then it goes up if you have more years in service as far as your annual leave accrual. So, yeah, well, go ahead. So, so let me let me stop you there, because I think ah. you said I hope it's obvious to everyone. I want to say it's not. It is. It really isn't because I can't tell you the number of people that I've talked with that have said, well, you know, this is how many, well, actually, let's go back. Let's let's back up even more. This is how many years I've worked. And, and one of the questions is, okay, do they all count toward retirement? And they're like, well, yeah. And then they find out later, no, they don't. <laughs> And they're shocked by that. You know, the first five years of their service, they thought counted and then it didn't count. And so that puts them back five years of retiring, possibly. Um, yeah. Well, and this happens so often. I think it's easy to get confused on these because your leave SCD or service computation date is right. the one that's on the pay stub. Right. So people think, well, that's when I started service because who remembers their actual date? Right. Or they think, well, yeah, that's when I started service, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all that time counts for retirement purposes. Mm-hmm. There are two main reasons why that service, why those two service dates may be different and why your creditable service may be creditable for one thing, but not the other. 
and that is for military service in which a deposit has not been paid and also non-deduction or temporary service whether it was you know student student service during college or whether you worked for the postal system and then became permanent later on uh, there's there's a lot of different types of, of temporary service or non-deduction service and you know, the, the key factor is whether or not somebody is contributing to the retirement program. If they're contributing to right. CSR refers, that time is creditable for retirement purposes. Right. But if you weren't, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's creditable for your leave service computation date. And that's what's so confusing is, you know, your leave service computation date is going to include all of that time, whether a deposit was made or not. But for retirement, right. you actually have to make a deposit for that service. Of course, if it's eligible, there's certain service uh, types that may not be eligible for a deposit, um, depending on some of those nuances and, and key factors. Um, but that's why, you know, we have our advisors use our fact finder and they can actually go over your your service history with you and gather that information. And it's important for any financial professional that you're working with to to gather that information because how are they going to know when you're eligible and what your pension is going to be if they're not gathering what right service creditable for, for what purpose right right now I, I i do say we have to be careful in how we word things um because i, I think you and i we know what we're talking about when but when we say temporary um I, I remember meeting a gentleman in DC and we we're talking about temporary service. And on the break, he came up to me and said, Hey, Kevin, I'm a temporary employee. Are you telling me my time doesn't count? And I said, well, we actually, we need to take a look at that because what we need to do is speak what I call OPMEs. OPM has a way of calling certain things and, and certain, certain nomenclature and certain titles that don't translate always over to the agencies and the agencies in fact for example correct me if i'm wrong temporary service the term temporary isn't even used by opm if i understand it correctly they call they can call it maybe some different things but it's not really called temporary am i correct in that yeah so it's actually considered well, I mean, they have it in parentheses. It could be temporary, intermittent, or seasonal. But the right. the the what they define all of that time or the non-creditable service for retirement really is non-deduction service, non and that's what we call it because that is yes. service in which deductions are not made to the retirement programs. Yes. And that is true temporary service or true intermittent, you know, non-deduction right. service is what really defines if it's creditable or not. So this guy, though, when he said, I'm a temporary employee, does it not mm -hmm. count? And I said, well, tell me about your temporary service. And he goes, well, my temporary service will only last for four years. And then I got to get another job. And I said, okay. Are you paying into the first program? And he said, yes. And I said, well, then it counts. He goes, but it's temporary service. And I said, I know, but that's just what your agency calls it. Okay. So here's the kicker. That's a temporary appointment. 
not necessarily so, but, temporary right service. but he called it he called it temporary service which i mean mm-hmm. and, and the whole point of this is that our the way we talk about these things we have to we have to dive in deeper we just can't and when i say we it's people like you and i who deal with this like advisors who deal with this someone who you know they may a, a federal employee just may say i have temporary service and everyone goes okay cuz it really doesn't matter to other people but when you and I are trying to figure, when you're doing reports, for example, you have to know, actually, does it count toward your retirement or not? Is it non-deduction service according to OPM? And that's what really matters. It's according yeah. to OPM, not according to HR. It, it, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to say that HR's numbers, HR's titles, don't matter. <laughs> I, I mean, I really don't care what HR calls it. I want to know what OPM calls it, and if. OPM counts it as service. That is what matters. Well, and here's the other thing is, is DOD, you'll see this a lot with DOD too, where they get hired and they have to go through all of this, uh, the hiring process, right? So yeah. they'll get hired, they'll be eligible to, to start their job, but they might be waiting on like background, their federal background check and all of these other things until they become quote unquote permanent. This happened with my husband. In fact, um, he was considered a temporary employee for, uh, I want to say almost two years before he became what they called permanent. And this is because it was just a hiring package information. He was still contributing to FERS during all of that time. And so technically all of that service was creditable for retirement purposes. It was, it was deductionable service. It was creditable service. Um, it wasn't, in fact, true temporary service where it was only, you know, you're contracted for maybe a certain time frame and you're not contributing to the retirement program. Yeah. Right. So these, the temporary service we're talking about is like if you were to go and help FEMA for something and okay. it's for a six month contract, you're not considered a, a federal employee because you're not contributing to the federal program, you're only going to be there for six months and then your term is up. Yep. Like there, that's true temporary service. But IRS you does are the same thing. The right? first program, retire, retirement deductions are being taken out, then right. that service will count. And so that's what, you know, it's, it's so hard to determine and people will send in SF50s and think, oh, well, that will tell me if it's, but we need all of those SF50s to really figure out when did that temporary service time start? When did it stop? Right. Because if you look at your S, uh, your service computation date on an SF50, it's your leave service computation date. It's the same one that you find on your PCF. It doesn't tell anything. <laughs> this gets so darn confusing. And so when I'm in a workshop, I say, okay, we need to figure out, one of the first things we need to do is figure out how many years of service you have. So how do you all figure that out? And I get three main answers. People raise their hand and say, well, I know I started on January 1st, 1990. So, you know, we're 20, you know, 32 years away from that. I'm 32 years in. Okay, that's one way. How else? Um, I look at my, you know, my SCD. I look at my pay stub and I see my SCD. Okay, great. Well, how else? Well, I got a report from HR and they have a date there for me as well. And I said, great. I don't want you to use any of those. (laughs) Because they can all be wrong. And they're like, what? 
are you kidding me? I said, yeah. Now, it's possible that it may be the same. I'm not saying that it isn't, but we've seen way too many that you cannot count on any of those methods to be positive. Yeah, and let's just be fair. Some HR um, estimates, they, they do have the actual retirement service computation date, and so they, they will define that out, but most of them don't. Right. It, they'll probably use your SCD or whatever you give them unless they're actually looking at your EOPF and determining what service is credible for that retirement for those retirement purposes. Right. So if you if an employee just goes on like OPM.gov and does a, a an ballpark estimate or whatever they call it now, then they might be using the wrong SCD. And so your estimate may not be accurate as far as when you're eligible to retire and or what your pension amount is going to be. Right. And so that's why really we provide uh, resources and tools for the uh, advisor and the employee to, to dig down into what does that service look like? What's creditable for retirement purposes? And so obviously we have our fact finder in that initial meeting where um, advisors are gathering the service history information from an employee. But if they come back, because employees don't always remember when they were, you know, especially if it's been 30 years since they worked for the government. Oh, yeah, I was six months here and, you know, a year and a half here or whatever. If you've had any sort of break in service or, or you know, different agency service, it, it can be really challenging to remember if it was actually creditable service or not. So the main thing that we like to tell employees is to fill out your certified summary of federal service there we go um, that's the golden ticket a, right there that is it yes. it, is. it really is this is a two-page document pages nine and ten for FERS in your 3107 or sf 3107 it's your retirement application is where you find these two pages and you can just take the two pages out and only fill in like numbers one through five in section a it's like your name date of birth bare minimum information Yep. because if you feel in too much, the agency won't complete it, right? Some agencies or HR departments might even say that you can only turn in this document yep. with your retirement application. We get that all the time, all the time, but if you look at the instructions on the top of that page in the agent uh, for what the instructions are for the agency, it says that they have, they can, an employee can turn this form in to determine their service history or creditable service. Yep. And it has the CSRS and FERS handbook information there for the agency to go look up on how to complete the application or how to complete the uh, form. So it's yeah. very, very important that employees turn this form in if there's any question about what service is credible, you know, and there's another type of service that can be really confusing as well when talking about credibility, and that is part-time service. Yes, 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 yes. That's right, because that mm -hmm. can put you back as well. I, you know, I can't tell you how many people have part-time service and, and, and they just think, okay, that counts, right? Well, it counts for what? I mean. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and people think, well, I have a, you know, contract that, oh, 30 hours is creditable, but then I worked 35 hours or 40 hours. And so 
it was considered full-time, not necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's like overtime for full-time employees. It doesn't necessarily count towards anything for retirement calculations. It's all in what you have with the agency and what they're going to count is creditable. And so that's very important because anybody with part-time service is going to have a proration factor Yep. when they go into retirement. And so what happens is their pension is calculated at the full amount and then it's reduced by a proration factor depending on what that looks like for their entire career. I mean, there's a, a lot to that part-time calculation that we can talk about in another subject, but um, it's really important to determine how many hours in a part-time status are creditable for retirement purposes. So that way the right calculation is or can be determined when you're looking at um, you know, the, your, your pension numbers yeah. as an employee. So um, filling out that certified summary of federal service, it really lines out the um, employee's, you know, dates of service time, the type of service it was, and what is owed or not owed and how much was creditable. So for anything like military service, it'll tell you if a deposit is owed or paid. For any temporary service, it will tell you if a deposit is eligible or not. For part-time service, it tells you how many hours are actually creditable, and it has the retirement service computation date in that form as well. And so that's the number one form I recommend for uh, employees to utilize when they're determining their creditable service for retirement. So I've got a story for you. There is a guy that I met earlier this year. It was either January or February when I was doing an in-person workshop. And um, I, I think I'm going to say it was February, I think, because in this, I, I know exactly where he's sitting. I know exactly what he was looking like. This made such an impression on me. And I've, I've seen this before, and I, but this one particular that he did, um, we're going through this. And I said, how many years do you have? And he goes, well, according to who? And I'm like, oh, oh. red flag, right? And I said, well... <laughs> How many years do you have? And he goes, I have, ha I've had, I have over 30. Okay. What's the discrepancy there? And he goes, well, OPM thought I only had 15. He said, I was supposed to have retired December 31st, but I went to go retire and they told me I couldn't retire because I only have 15 years of service. And, and this gentleman said, no, I have 30. And they said, no, 15, no, 30, 15, 30, 15, back and forth. And so he said, I'm, Although I was supposed to have retired, I'm still working and I'm trying to work it out with them. And everyone, I mean, everyone's eyes just kind of bugged out because all of a sudden they realized, wait, that can be me. That could be me who, I mean, I'm going along thinking everything's great. I've got 30 years. I hit my MRA. Great. I'm going to retire. And wait, I can't now. You're not going to let me retire. What? What? And I have to keep working when I know that I'm eligible. So I, you know, in the workshops, I tell everyone this SF, uh, sorry, the uh, 38, 30, Certified Summary of Federal Service 3701 for FERS. SF 3107-1 is how it's- Yep, everyone should do it. Everyone should go fill that out and turn it in. Because I, I, another story, I had another lady walk up to me and say, Kevin, I did my certified summary of federal service a few years ago. And when I got it back, my first seven years 
weren't counted. It wasn't on there. They had no record of me working for the first seven years for the first agency. <laughs> well, I'm glad you caught that early. That's good. It is so important for this document to be completed so that way an employee can understand what is in my electronic personnel file. What is yeah. OPM going to see at retirement? Because you know, your HR can only do so much, especially if you've switched agencies or have had a break in service or anything like that. Because I mean, even if you have worked for the same agency, sometimes um, things get confused or yep. lost, especially if it's been 30, 40 years yep. when the change from CSRS to FERS has happened and all of these different things. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times We've dealt with FERCA cases, which is the wrong retirement system because people make boo-boos, right? Yep. So it, it happens. Um, I, I, it I once is, heard of a once heard of a um, the records were all in a warehouse. The warehouse burnt down. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do then, right? Yeah. In fact, my uncle um, he had a similar situation where he was in the military and they lost his records. And so he went to go make a deposit for his military service and they didn't have his first four years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They only had his second four years. So he had to actually, he went through all the channels and did what he could to make sure that it was credible. Nobody could find his DD-214. He couldn't find a copy of it. He ended up having to go to um, the, the counselor or whoever they go to um, in office for the state to get mm. these records so that way he could actually make a deposit and get credit for all of his military service. There you go. So it's very, very important. And, you know, granted he had years before he retired to figure this out, but most people don't. Most people are, or employees are figuring this out, you know, five years or less from retirement because right. that's what they hear they need to do is, is, oh, just wait and figure it out later. No. No. Get on this as soon as possible because it it it, ta it took him um, about seven years to get those records. Wow! 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 Well, with COVID, it delayed everything. Sure. Wow. So as soon as he was like, "Okay, this is the channel that I need to go through. This is the person to contact at the State Department to get this all figured out." Then COVID hit, and so that delayed everything another two years. He was he just made his deposit, I want to say, just a couple of months ago, and he's retiring uh, March of next year. And so finally, he was able to get it all figured out, and luckily, right before retirement. But for in that case, where somebody thinks they're eligible for retirement, and now they have to work longer, and they've got to, you know, figure this all out. And people yep. think, oh, well, I'll figure it out once I retire. Well, once you retire, you don't have access to certain things anymore, right. right? And so you might not be able to go into HR and talk to them about your situation. You're not going to have access to your SF50s or your EOPF to gather this information or any other channels that may be easily accessible while you're in service as opposed to when you're out of service. And so I would highly, highly, highly recommend for any employee who's questioning this at all to take care of this as soon as possible while you're in service make sure that everything is is there and being recorded um you know and if you're new to service keep your sf50s keep those on hand because that is kind of your own personal record 
of determining what kind of appointment you have and all of these different things, even though it only has your service computation date, if you have those SF50s and there's a discrepancy later, that's like your DD-214 for military only for federal service, right? So you can say, no, I worked this here and that here, and this is how it counts because it will tell you if it's permanent, if it's all of that, and that tells um, HR if it's creditable or not. Right. So I can mm -hmm. maybe determine something off of one SF-50, but if I have a whole record of SF-50s, I'm going to be able to determine everything in somebody's service history. And so it's very important that you keep every single SF-50 um, as an employee. That is that is going to be your personnel file that you got to hold on to during yeah. your service time. Now, I'm going to flip it around a little bit because we're, we've been talking about how this has turned out negatively for people, right? And, and honestly, to tell you the truth, usually it does. I mean, it, it's not a good situation when they find out, oh, every now and then we've seen where someone says, yeah, I have 20 years. And then they go in and they realize, no, I have 24 years. Or, you know, I have I have 28 years. Um, you know, I have two more years to retire. And you go in and look, no, you have 32 years. And they're like, what? what, what? Yeah, four of those years that you didn't think counted actually count and you can retire right now. They're like, woohoo! I'm out. <laughs> and that's so cool to see. It doesn't happen often, but every now and then. Well, it's just like when we go back to that first story that you had where that guy, you know, he thinks, oh, I'm in a temporary position. And so that time is temporary service. Well, it actually counts as permanent right, service because right. he's contributing to the first program. And so you might think, well, maybe that service time didn't count because I was in a temporary position. But if you were contributing, it's actually deduction deductionable or creditable service. So it's not true non-deduction temporary service and it actually does count yeah. for retirement. And so, you know, I love you're right those. on the flip side, somebody can absolutely go in and find out that they have more years counted than they originally thought and that they're they may or may not be eligible to retire earlier. And so that's always a good thing, right? <laughs> yes, oh, I'm all for that. I love to see that. That is so fun. So really the takeaway from this is go fill out your certified summary of federal service, get that report from OPM. Again, you have to turn it into HR and then they have, then they'll pass it on to OPM and then and it's a roundabout way of making it work. But that is, that is the official documentation that you absolutely need. You get that and everyone should do it. And like now, today, go do it now. And in yes. fact, we'll put the, uh, we'll put the link to it, to the form well, in the note. To the retirement application, because we can't take those pages out of the document. So you guys will have to determine, um, you know, if you're CSRS, I think it's, it's- um, 2801. And it's, a, yeah, it's an SF2801. However, um, I the page numbers are different. Yeah, I want to say it's 10 and 11 rather than nine and 10 for FERS employees. So. Um, we'll have those instructions and the links to those retirement applications and the links will, will take you directly to the page itself, right. but we cannot just forego in the whole application and just only do those two, those two pages. So <laughs> if you mm. have any questions, I wonder if I no. can, I wonder if I can, I'm going to try to do that. <laughs> I don't know if it's even legal. <laughs> Watch yourself, Kevin. I'm going to see if yeah, I can do that. Challenge accepted. 
All right. So Kevin's going to figure that out for you. <laughs> and if you've got any questions, so feel free to reach out to us and let us know what your questions are. Um, we'll try to answer them in another video or um, obviously we'll get you in touch with a financial professional if that's what's needed. If you've got questions on what your pension number is and you want to figure out if that's right, whatever. Um, our team of trusted advisors, that's what they do. Um, they help you guys. They're here to serve you. Um, you know, the, the meetings are free, so there's no sales presentation. Right. There's no um, obligation to buy anything. They genuinely want to make sure that employees that they come in contact with have the candid information they need to make these decisions um, from a from an education standpoint. And so please reach out to us if you have any questions. Go to fednababble.com. Of course, hit the hit the link, subscribe, um, get notifications for when we have new videos coming out. And uh, until next time, we'll see you soon. Take care, everyone. To get Cassie's comprehensive report on your federal retirement benefits at no cost, no obligation, and no sales pitch, go to fednababble.com. While you're there, submit a question for them to answer on the show.